Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me today for my next edition of Facebook Live. And so today I will be uh, continuing my series on joy. Joy as a, a resource, a, a type of resilience and strength. And uh, the reason why I do these Facebook Live sessions, I think many of you know by now, is I, I really uh, schedule myself a couple of Facebook Live sessions a week as a way of leading up to an online meditation program. And this is no different in that way. And so I just want to speak a little bit about the online meditation program for those of you who don't know. Uh, the online meditation program, it runs for eight weeks and it's entitled Joy, the Ground of Resilience. And this program is running from April 3rd to May 25th this year, 2023. And I'm offering two sections of this uh, particular program. The reason why I'm offering two sections is to cater uh, to people from different time zones. Both sections are offered on Mondays and Thursdays. The first one is from 1 to 3 p.m. East Coast Standard Time, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that equals out to 7 to 9 p.m. Central European Time. Now that might change because of daylight savings, I'm not sure. Uh, we do go into daylight savings here in the States next week, um, so we'll have to adjust the, the times accordingly. But right now, 1 to 3 p.m. East Coast time is 7 to 9 p.m. Central European time. And then the second section, which is really designed to cater to the people in, in North America and South America, uh, that runs from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. East Coast Standard Time. And that, that won't change when the times change. So, um, yeah, two, two sections. I, you either sign up for one or the other. You can't dance in between both. I've had people ask me about that. I, I appreciate the question. But the reason why I keep the sections uh, closed is so that um, we create a safe container for everyone to share freely in. Uh, when we do these meditations on joy, and really all meditation practices have the capacity to uh, bring up things, and it's really uh, helpful to have a safe container in which we can share the things that are coming up for us in the meditation practice. So I really um, take uh, go through great lengths to create that safe container so that we feel uh, that we can be vulnerable with each other in that session. A little bit more about the JOY program. Uh, nothing is pre-recorded. Some of the guided meditations that I'll be sending people home with as homework, uh, that sometimes is pre-recorded, although most often not. And the live sessions, I'm there with everyone, facilitating, offering uh, whatever I can offer to what's coming up in the room. So I know many, many programs online nowadays are pre-recorded. There's not a lot of interaction with the facilitator or the teacher or each other. Uh, this is completely different in that way. It's a Zoom uh, room that we enter into together, all live. And I do that so that I can be there with everyone to help guide uh, the meditations and the Q&A sessions and so forth. Now, all of that being said, if you find the Mondays and Thursdays, days and times limiting, there's no 
obligation to show up live. There, everything is recorded and the recordings are made available only to the retreat participants. And again, this is so that we can create that container of safety so that we uh, can share openly and uh, warm-heartedly with each other and into the room without uh, worrying about who's hearing what we're saying and things like that. So you can come to all of the live sessions or maybe just Mondays or just Thursdays or some variation of that and so forth. Or some people sign up for the program and they do the whole thing in their own time at their own pace. That's also fine. So everything that I offer, including the joy retreat, the upcoming retreat, I offer within a trauma sensitive framework. I've trained quite deeply in trauma awareness. Uh, being certified a couple of times through Dr. David Trelevin. I've also taken some courses with Dr. Peter Levine, the fantastic somatic experiencing healer. Uh, studied a few months with Gabor Mate, taken some courses with um, uh, Stephen Porges. So I consider myself quite aware uh, and quite skilled at navigating the internal environment that might be holding trauma. So if you relate to that, Please don't worry and feel comfortable and welcome. In addition to that, everything that I offer, including the Joy Retreat, I offer within a, a, a secular voice. Now, my training is, is in the Buddhist traditions, both the early schools and the later schools of Buddhism. I have studied a little bit of Hinduism, but, but not much. Uh, but when I speak about these teachings and when I offer these teachings, I try to take the belief out so that these teachings can be enjoyed and benefited uh, to people from all walks of life, any background, any faith or no faith, also fine. So everyone's welcome. Now in the program, and today too, we'll talk a little bit more about this, uh, I will be speaking to joy, the joy that arises when we are very uh, deeply collected, when our mind is very collected, our awareness is very collected and, and present. There's a type of joy in that. We'll, we'll cultivate that type of joy. We'll also explore the joy that can be found when we are free from reactive patterns. That's beautiful. Right? The type of joy that can be found when yeah, anger arises internally, but we don't cause suffering around that for ourselves and for others. We step away from our reactivity. We'll look at joy in generosity, the joy of giving, which I spoke to a little bit last time we met. Also, the joy of gratitude, and those are very related, generosity and gratitude. Right? It's impossible to give freely if somebody isn't willing to receive freely. It's also impossible to receive freely when somebody isn't willing to give freely. And so this is the interplay of generosity and gratitude. And there's a joy inherent in that. We'll be looking at sympathetic joy, the type of joy that's available in the success of others. So putting aside the natural tendencies of envy and jealousy and really exploring the type of joy that can be found in the success of others. That's really quite beautiful. We'll look at the joy of simply being, the joy that arises from this 
state of rest beyond what's agreeable and what's disagreeable, beyond pleasure, beyond pain, beyond attraction and aversion, there is a, a field, as Rumi said, out beyond the ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there's a field. Let's meet there. So we'll look at that type of joy. And we'll also explore the joy that can be found in overcoming and transforming challenges. So it's a very rich course, and joy in itself is very broad. There's a lot to it. So again, it's not one of this, these, I say again because I mentioned this last time I was on Facebook Live. Joy meditation practices and explorations, they're not frivolous. They're not something that, oh, we can pick up uh, maybe somewhere along the way when everything else in my life is organized. But joy is, is an integral part of the path. In fact, in the Buddhist tradition, joy is one of the four immeasurable minds, or the four, what's known as Brahma-viharas. Brahma-vihara is a Sanskrit term that translates to the home of the gods, or the dwelling place of the gods, Brahma-vihara. So joy is, you know, one of the places that the gods hang out, right? It's not something trivial. It's really quite important. And so I keep mentioning the last session, by the way, if you weren't here for the last session, it's available on my Facebook Live. It's also available on Instagram and YouTube. If you look, look me up there, you can find it there. But you don't have had to see that to get benefit from today's offering. So last time we met, I you know, discussed how the human nervous system isn't designed to take on this constant hum of tension or stress. That the nervous system that we now embody was developed uh, 200,000 years ago through the course of evolution. And we evolved in such a way that our nervous system operates best when we encounter short bursts of high-level stress or tension, followed by long, long periods of relaxation and rest. But we know that our, our life isn't like that these days, right? With the, the constant stresses that, that we all are experiencing in this current world situation, the current worldview, with the recovery of COVID, with the, the war that's happening in Ukraine with the economic stress that's happening worldwide, with the political divisions and so forth, we're really um, kind of immersed in this hum of tension. And that's really wearing down on the human nervous system. We see this now with all of the, the medical situations, you know, the uh, abundance of cancer, the, the abundance of heart attack and stroke and obesity and... and um, so forth. So the joy meditation practices is like this superpower that allows us to step out of that and back into homeostasis. And the reason why that is, is because a good part of the reason why this hum exists, this hum of stress or tension, is that our nervous system is wired with what's known as a negativity bias. 
We're wired to focus on what's painful and threatening in our environment at the expense of noticing what's joyful, what's beautiful, what's lovely. And you know this probably in your own experience, you can check it out. You know, next time you make a, a to-do list or you, know, you have a busy week and you, you, know, you get to the end of the week and you've done everything on that list, you've checked all the boxes and the last one you kind of goofed up or you slopped through and it wasn't exactly how it maybe ought to have been in your mind. And what's the net, what's, what, what is the one thing you think about for the next two weeks, right? It's that one thing we goofed up. And again, we're wired this way. But just because we're wired that way doesn't mean it's a life sentence. And that's what the Buddha was really pointing to with all of these practices, is there is an option. We can train ourselves to live in a better way. So joy nourishes the nervous system. It gives us an opportunity to regulate and come back to that resting, come back to that homeostasis. Now these practices aren't about training ourselves to see the world through rose-colored glasses. I often get that kind of feedback when I offer a joy program, is how can you be offering joy when there's so much strife in the world? But as the Poem, poet uh, Jack Gilbert said, to make the painful aspects of our life the only measure of our attention is to praise the devil. It's to praise the devil. So here we're not, you know, painting the world with rose-colored glasses, but rather training ourselves to see our experience more realistically. That yes, there's, there, there is painful things happening in the world. There are these really intense uh, things happening that, that bring pain to the world. And there's the beauty of the sunset. And there's the purring of the kitten or the laughter of the baby, the beauty of a Mozart sonata, the glitter in a loved one's eyes when you haven't seen each other for a while and those eyes connect. There's joy there. And so these practices allow us to really experience that joy in a much, much deeper way. They, they become less of a, a passing experience and more of a permanent trait in our nervous system. So joy is good for us. It provides us with the stability, the resilience, so that when we're faced with these challenges, we can face those challenges with more ground, with more stability. So I've talked quite a bit about the benefits of joy, and now I want to move into speaking about the meditation practice itself. And this is just one of many, many meditation practices that we will explore in the eight-week program. And this was given to me by my teacher, Ken McLeod, many, many, many years ago now. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with Ken's work, by the way, he has a, a, a new book out called The Magic of Vajrayana, and I highly recommend it. I recommend all of Ken's books, um, but I think that one is particularly beautiful. The Magic of Vajrayana, Ken McLeod. 
So in this meditation practice, and for now I'm just going to introduce it, and if we don't have time to do it, I'll post a link with the video uh, of a guiding, of myself guiding this meditation. So in the practice, we come into the silence of meditation, cultivating a type of silence, connecting to the present moment, using anchor points. Usually the anchor points I like to use are sounds, body, and breath. If you like to meditate with your eyes open, you can use a visual object as well. That's fine. And then in that silence, we offer phrases of joy to our own heart. And in the course, we'll spend four weeks offering the joy to our own heart, and then one week offering joy to people we like and love, another week offering joy to people we don't know, and then offering joy to people we don't like very much, and then offering joy to, to the entire world. So it's, it's this expanding circle. But we spend four weeks really cultivating joy for ourselves. And so that's how I'll read the phrases here. The first one is, may I enjoy the activities of life itself? And as, as you're listening to me, just offer the phrase to your own heart. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. And so, as we offer that to our heart, we start to visualize or imagine what would life look like if I could really enjoy the activities of life itself? You know, I don't know about you all, but for me, when I'm not present to this, I fall into preferences very, very easily. You know, if I'm cleaning the kitchen, for example, I'd rather be meditating, right? Or if I'm, um, you know, uh, doing something like shaving or something, I'd rather be playing with the cat. Or if I'm playing with the cat, I'd rather be reading a book, you know. And so we can get into this, you know. This moment would be so much better if. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. Because cleaning the kitchen can be a meditation. Right? And there's a time and a place for playing with the cat and a time and a place for playing with the book reading the book, and when we can really enjoy the activities of life itself, we're drawing enjoyment from whatever it is that we're engaging in. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. And continuing to the next phrase here, may I enjoy things just as they are. May I enjoy things just as they are. And how, here again, you know, it's so, it becomes very accessible to notice how we fall into that preferencing, right? This would be a great cup of coffee if it just had a little more sugar, <laughs> right? This, you know, Song on the radio would be perfect if it was just a little bit louder. May I enjoy things just as they are. 
going on to the next phrase here. May I experience the world taking joy in all that I do. May I experience the world taking joy in all that I do. And just noticing what comes up for you when you offer that phrase to your own heart. Very often this phrase in particular brings up a lot of resistance. May, you know, may I enjoy the, the world, I'm sorry, may I experience the world taking joy in all that I do. And then, you know, the mind, oh yeah, but what about that dinner that I burned last night? <laughs> or, you know, oh, that's impossible. How could that really, how could the world ever really enjoy everything that I do? These are normal resistances that come up in the mind and in the heart. And I'll, I'll speak to what, to what we do with those resistances in a moment. For now, just, just notice whatever's arising when you offer that phrase. May I experience the world taking joy in all that I do. And the last one, the last phrase, may I know what to do whatever arises. May I know what to do, whatever arises. And here, this, this phrase for me, really pointing at the, the, the joy of the freedom beyond reactivity that I was speaking to earlier, right? When we, we react, we move into reactive patterns when we're experiencing something in our life, we don't know how to handle it. We don't know what to do. And so we move into fear or anger, which then brings up running, screaming, crying, or yelling, punching, shouting, suffering. Right? May I know what to do, whatever arises, the, the joy of that skillful movement forward. How lovely. And so as we spoke through those phrases, you may have noticed some resistances that come up. And so many people think that when they do this practice, I know this was true for me too, when I was first introduced to this practice, you know, I thought that all these resistances were coming up and doubts in the mind. And I thought, ah, oh, I'm not doing it right. This practice isn't working for me. <laughs> I can't do this. But actually, it's somewhat counterintuitive, but the resistances that come up are, that's the gold. We want those resistances to surface. Because now we can start to recognize them. Before, before a practice like this, those resistances are in our subconscious. And because they're in our subconscious or in our unconscious, they control and dictate how we experience the joy of life. So as these resistances surface, we can start to first recognize them and uh, perhaps work with them skillfully. 
so that they are less likely to filter out the experiences, the joyful experiences of life. The, the beauty of the sunset becomes more vibrant. The purring of the kitten becomes louder. The look in our loved one's eyes becomes brighter. And so how do we work skillfully with those resistances? Well, that's a great question, and it's something we will be doing throughout the eight-week course. But for now, for those of us who are here, I just want to speak a little bit to that. So if you notice resistances arise during a practice like this, and by the way, you don't have to be meditating to work with these phrases, and I'll speak to that in a moment. And I do this sometimes. I get a little ahead of myself. I get excited. <laughs> okay. So when a resistance comes up uh, after offering your heart, your mind, one of these phrases, I like to think of the resistance as a closed fist, a closed fist. And if you're watching this, you can do this along with me. Just make a fist like that. And inside that fist, this I call it the fist of resistance. Inside the fist of resistance is everything you need to keep you safe. Everything you need to keep you protected is in this fist. And so we don't want to make the fist wrong, right? Because it's there to help us. It's there to protect us. It's there to keep us safe. How beautiful. Right? And then we notice the resistance and we hold the resistance in the open hand of compassion. And you can just take this hand open and say, this is the hand of compassion. This is the hand of kindness. And notice what happens when you hold the fist of resistance in the open hand of compassion. And then you can say, thank you. Thank you, fist of resistance, for being here right now. I really appreciate you showing up and trying to keep me safe. But you know what? I don't need you right now. And so in that way, we hold the resistance in awareness lightly and compassionately with kindness. We don't try to peel it open. Right? We don't try to push it away. We don't try to get rid of it. We just allow it to be there. So what happens is eventually... And again, I, I'm kind of a visual learner and teacher, so I like to use images like this, but the, one could think of the warmth of joy as a flowing river. And that fist of resistance is like a rock in that river. And so the warmth of joy flows around that river, uh, flows around that rock into our heart. Now, in the practices, whether you're doing it in your day-to-day -day experience or in meditation, uh, it can feel like 99% resistance and 1% joy. And that 1% is enough. Because a little bit of warmth is just getting in and trickling into the heart. And because that joy feels good and it's nourishing for the heart, it starts with 1% perhaps and then a week, two weeks, a month later, 2% into the heart, 5% into the heart, and that rock 
Just like a rock would in a river, the rock starts to erode and break down. And eventually, maybe six days, six weeks, six months, six years, six lifetimes later, eventually that resistance is gone and we can experience the abundance of joy, that internal, internally generated resource of joy, not dependent on external factors. And so I mentioned a couple of times there that this can be done when you're not meditating. I very much recommend meditating with these phrases and not meditating with them too. You take one or two or all of the phrases with you, maybe write it down on a piece of notebook paper or on a post-it note or a napkin. You know, and maybe, you know, if you use a post-it notes, maybe put one on your bathroom mirror, on your doorknob, on the litter box of your cat. And you just write down, may I enjoy the activities of life itself as a reminder. And as you go about your day, you know, maybe you're standing in the grocery store and the line is, you know, 12 people back and you're going to be there for another hour. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. Because that's one of the activities of life, right? And it's very often people get worked up, right, over waiting in line or stuck in traffic. Also an activity of life, right, being stuck in traffic. You know, some people don't like shaving. And, you know, if you may I enjoy the activities of life itself, and uh, you know, I'd be here, I guess some people would be shaving their legs. And it's just, then you're in the present moment with it. You're feeling the razor on the skin, feeling, maybe smelling the shaving cream or the soap, feeling the lotion, whatever it is, right? It, that phrase really helps us connect to the present moment. Or using the Example of the grocery store. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. And then you're there in the present moment. Maybe there's an opportunity to, to start talking to the person in front of you or behind you about something. Having a conversation with a stranger, how beautiful. Right? Whatever it is that, that makes itself available in the present moment that when we're you know disgruntled or unsatisfied somehow, wishing the present moment were different, we're no longer available for those experiences. We're no longer available for the joy of life. So maybe let's do a little bit of a meditation. I've been talking for about a half an hour and we'll just do 10 minutes or so. And so I'll ring the bell here and I'll guide us into the present moment and then we'll just do maybe one or two rounds of these phrases. Okay, enjoy. And so the invitation here is just to arrive into this present moment. We might begin arriving and connecting to the present moment by simply noticing the body and how the body feels right now, whatever posture you're taking, whether you're seated or lying down or standing up. 
And perhaps noticing the contact of the feet against the ground or the floor, the carpet, the weight of the body against the cushion or chair or mat or floor. You might notice sensations of clothing against the back. The abdomen rising and falling with the breath. Perhaps noticing the hands resting against the body or touching each other. The arms resting against the body. You might notice the rib cage expanding and contracting with the in-breath and out-breath. Perhaps noticing how the shoulders rise and fall with each breath. Sensations arising from the back of the neck, the sides of the neck. Noticing any tension in the cheeks of the face and around the eyes, just inviting that to soften, relax, and rest. And noticing sensations arising from the top of the head. You may not feel much or any sensations at all from parts of the body or perhaps the whole body. And that's fine, that's also an experience. So if that's what's there for you, just noticing that. Not trying to force anything or make anything happen. And so in the next breath or two, then we'll begin offering these phrases to our own heart. And with each phrase, briefly visualizing or imagining what our life might look and feel like if each phrase was completely reflective of our own life circumstance. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. May I enjoy things just as they are. May I experience the world taking joy in all that I do.
May I know what to do, whatever arises. And if you find it's helpful, you might place a hand over your heart while offering yourself the phrases. That can sometimes help the phrases land. May I enjoy the activities of life itself. May I enjoy things just as they are. May I experience the world taking joy in all that I do. May I know what to do, whatever arises. Again, if you notice any resistances to any of the phrases, just holding the resistances lightly with compassion. Not trying to make anything happen or force anything. And so in a few moments time then I'll ring the bell and bring us out of this very brief meditation exploration. So if your, your eyes were closed, you might just gently begin to open them now and kind of reorient yourself, looking around the room, just taking in all of the visuals in your surroundings. Thank you for, for joining me. And again, that was just a very kind of brief taster Usually the meditations that I practice and that I offer around joy are roughly a half an hour to 45 minutes. But that's quite similar, like we would do that practice but go a little bit deeper into the meditation. And that, again, that's just one of the many different types of meditations we'll be exploring on the joy retreat. And I just wanna mention one more thing and then we'll bring today's uh, festivities to a close. Maybe you didn't feel anything. Maybe there was just my words and you were there, present and open to hearing, and nothing happened. There was no resistance, no warmth of joy. That's also very, very normal. And if you notice that, uh, that's a sign that the seeds of joy are being planted. 
And eventually those seeds do bear fruit. And sometimes, and quite often, it can take maybe a week or two for any kind of feeling to come from offering phrases like that to the heart. And so if you had that experience today, just know that that's totally normal. Nothing wrong at all. So if you'd like to find out more about the online meditation retreat into joy, joy, the ground of resilience, it's called, please visit my website, suchsweetthunder.org. If you have any questions about the program, you can message me on Facebook or send me an email through the website. And uh, maybe we'll see you there on the program. Uh, I will be back on Facebook Live around the same time, probably on Monday. I think that'll work out. I'm traveling right now. I'm, I'm a house guest with my sister. and so gracious to, to keep me uh, housed for a few weeks while I settle in the States. I just arrived from Thailand. Uh, so uh, organizing things like this around uh, people's schedules can be tricky. But I am trying to do twice a week around the same time. We'll see how it goes. Keep an eye out for my postings. And um, have a beautiful day. We'll see you next time. I'll ring the bell to close us out. Thank you.